Welcome to the Personal Injury Marketing Minute, where we quickly cover the hot topics in the legal marketing world. I'm your host, Lindsay Busfield. When it comes to marketing, there is simply no better lead than a referral. Why? Because people who don't know you don't necessarily trust you. But a prospective client will trust somebody they can relate to, i.e. your former clients. But it isn't enough to have a handful of five-star reviews that you begged and pleaded for through mass repetitive emails. Everyone has that. What you need are raving fans who can't wait to tell their friends, family, and random strangers how great you are and how much money you got them. You want the kind of fan who hears someone just say the word car accident from across the room. They drop everything and sing your praises. You want an army of walking billboards. Joining us today is Chris Earley, a personal injury lawyer in Massachusetts who is a magnet for raving fans. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Lindsay. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, you are the master at creating raving fans. So let's start by telling me a little bit about what is a raving fan. So I am, you know, hyper focused and dialed in on doing the best job that me and my team can do to, to make our clients happy. Right. And I feel that clients, when it comes to lawyers, don't ask for a lot. I don't think the standard is so high. That, that does make them happy. But if you can, if you can over deliver, right, if you can really kind of impress them, they more times than not will become a raving fan, right? And the more you, you dial in on customer service, holding your hand through the process from start to finish, right, from intake to end of the case, they remember how you made them feel. And we'll get into that, you know, about relationships. It's not just a transactional attorney client cold relationship, it's a warm human relationship, right? And that I try to humanize the relationship. I try to make clients feel really welcome. We call it here our extended family, right? So it's not just you know a group of clients. It's an extended family of people who trust us to handle their case. And we take that very seriously. And um, and we, we really do focus on doing the, everything we possibly can, right? Because I think that's where the, the magic happens is you make a large group of people happy right and you continue to do that over time that that compounds that gets um to be very favorable math for you in terms of growing a business right attracting more more clients so that's sort of a kind of a, a macro fifty thousand foot view of, of how i approach you know client service and, and doing our darndest to try to create raving fans well, and, and that in and of itself is a great starting point and creating that humanizing experience and not having that, you know, holier than thou or I know law and you know your accident kind of mentality. It's not like a settlement mill. When it comes to personal injury law, it's a little bit of a different type of clientele experience than if somebody were to go into a shop or even go to another service industry and let's say have a graphic designer design them something. Uh, it's a very different type of experience because you are hoping to not necessarily have repeat clients because that would mean that they're in another accident or injured again. And it changes that dynamic and it changes the importance of having uh, you know, a, a classic style referral where you're hoping to get these people in the door all the time. So that being said, where you're not necessarily trying to get them back to you a million times over, why is it important to develop these kinds of relationships? Um, well, I read, I read a book, I can't remember the title, but the, the the idea was everyone knows a few hundred people. So that goes back to the math approach, right? If everyone knows a few hundred people, if you make a few hundred people or a few thousand people happy, that's a lot of people that you're potentially impacting because everyone knows, you know, a large amount of people. So, and, and that 
creates exponential growth, right? Good customer service drives the growth of a law practice. Conversely, if you provide bad customer service, it's going to tank your practice. You're never going to grow. It's just going to flounder. Now, you know, you brought up other service industries, and that's really important, Lindsay, because people generally, as I said before, don't like lawyers. Let's be, just get in front of that and be real and honest about that, right? It's just the way it is. So everything we do here is to rile against that, to reframe the perspective on, on how you perceive attorneys to really be. And, you know, what brings them toward doorstep is an unfortunate event. There was some precipitating event. There was an accident. Something bad happened, right? They're not calling us because they're something good happened. Right. So they're, they're, low. Having day. <laughs> they're not, they're having a bad day. Right. And so uh, they could, they, they may be out of work. They're probably at medical expenses. They may have kids or stressed out. How am I going to provide for my kids? What am I going to do? And so, you know, you, you really, no matter what kind of law you're in, I don't care if it's divorce, real estate, personal injury, criminal, you have to be sensitive to the fact that there's a problem. And the more, again, uh, more you can humanize the relationship, the more you can hold their hand, the more you can demonstrate, we're not your average lawyer. Like you have really made a good decision. So Lindsay, we do that. Once the client signs up, we, you know, there's something called buyer's regret. A lot of people say, did I just, did I hire the right lawyer? Did I buy the right product at that store? Did I, do, did I make the right decision? Doubt creeps in. So at the very beginning of the representation, we get ahead of that. We, we, we will send an automatic email that says, you know, welcome to our extended family. You've just made a great decision. Just really starting the relationship off on a on a bright, positive note, because the whole name of the game for me is to show up differently. You know, we're not your average firm. Care about you. Care about doing good work, right? Because at the end of the day, it's not really about the result you get, the amount of the settlement, whatever it is. If you give them a good service, if you communicate and just treat them really well and show you care, I mean, they're gonna love you no matter what happens, right? That's how they. That's what they care about. It's how you make them feel for sure. Absolutely. And that's a, a huge selling point um, for choosing one lawyer versus another. You will always know that you have picked somebody by the way that they make you feel at the end of it. They won't necessarily know I could have gotten, you know, 4 million versus two and a half because they won't know how that played out, but they will absolutely know how you made them feel throughout the process. And if you can give them a warm, supported, uh, favorable experience all around, they'll know that they made the right decision regardless. Uh, and I love that you started off by assuring them that they have made the right decision, welcoming them in. Um, what are some of the other things that you do throughout the client process to let them know that they are part of your family and continue that supported feeling? You know, I hate to be that horse and say it again, but humanize things, right? So I come from a very unusual background. I come from a family of homelessness. There's there's addiction, and I and I bring that up in an in, in an email a few days into the relationship to explain, hey, this is my story. You know, um, I may not come from the pedigree you may think I come from, right? The typical lawyer background. So instantly, that can create affinity for someone who maybe has has someone in the family or know someone who, 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 who has had struggles. Right. So that really helps me to, to like, you know, again, get ahead of any negative perception that they may have lawyers say, I'm different. This is my story. And this is the kind of law firm that I have, right. This is the law firm that I've built and that, that firm is built with team members who are, who are really capable. So, so then I, I kind of pass off the team member, right. Because I'm, I'm developing the business, growing the business. And so, this is where Lindsay, we have to have systems in place, right? So those good feelings remain because no matter if you start off strong and the client's like, oh, wow, this is great. You know, this guy early is just, I just made a great decision. But then if you fall off and the systems are in place, you're not calling clients back, then 
we're in trouble. That can happen. So we got to have a systemized approach from start to finish, right? I think everything should be written down, process uh, in terms of how we do things, never fly by the seat of our pants and, you know, arbitrary random acts. No, everything is, everything is organized, organized structure. So, and that's going to speed up the case, right? Because, and that's important for the client. The client ultimately, yeah, they care about the resolution. They want to get the case done. They don't want it to drag on. So let's speed that up, make them feel good, show them we care. If we learn that the client, you know, had a death in the family, we send a card. If we find out there was a good event, a graduation, a promotion, you know, marriage, whatever, we send a card congratulating them, right? Just being sensitive to the moment and just showing up differently that, you know, we, we care about your success. We care about the struggle you may be experiencing, whatever that may be in their life. Um, I'm always preaching, you know, and, and, and teaching my team, you know, send handwritten cards, take the time, send a card, um, show you care. And what we're going to do in the, uh, in the new year is to, is to not just give clients updates about the case. Like, Hey, Lindsay, this just give me an update on your case. More like, Hey, Lindsay, how are you? How are you doing? Checking in on you as a person. Right. And, and, And then we can talk about the case, but the case is secondary. The primary thing is, how are you? What's going on? And then, you know, and then getting into the, the legal case. I'm re- legal case. I'm really trying to focus on that. Um, just try to take it up a level. You know, to to just impress them that that we care and we mean it. We talk the talk. We walk the walk. We're legit. And more times than not, they they see that and they respond really favorably. We can't make everyone happy. Not everyone is a ring fan. Not everyone's like, oh my god, this guy really. You know, you can't make them all happy no matter how hard you try. But. I love that so much. Uh, and so many attorneys that we talk to, you know, tell us, you know, yeah, we want them to feel like family. We want this to be their home. We want, you know, to make them feel supported, but they miss some of the most obvious things. You know, it goes beyond their case. You know, it, it goes to that humanizing experience. And you don't know how many people are out there who haven't had somebody genuinely ask them, how are you and mean it and, and not just want to hear an, oh, I'm fine, you know, and, and feel just pressured to, to skip over it, but, you know, have somebody actually care about how they're doing. Um, and it's an obvious thing, you know, for a friend to a friend or a family member, um, you know, to a family member, but from a lawyer to a client that that's a step that needs to be taken seriously when you were trying to make that genuine connection. Um, but the other part of it that goes into it, the trade-off um, is time because that must take a lot of time um, to keep track of people's birthdays and graduations and deaths and checking in. So how much extra time do you realistically see you and your team spending uh, making these connections? Well, the birthdays are pretty easy because that's tracked through the um, case management software. So that's easy to stay on top of, right? Now, uh, in terms of anniversaries, say like a wedding anniversary, we haven't really taken it that step, a recurring anniversary, more like a big life event, congratulations. But, you know, that's that's a good idea that you're causing me to think about what you just said is, you know, setting like... Well, I've thought about that, like happy anniversary card, but what if they get divorced? You know, so, <laughs> so, so trying to think of something that can sustain over time and not be subject to whims and changes in, in one's life. Um, but, you know, people, people, people really remember that stuff. The care touches them. And and obviously, you know, we want to be in a position where if they think if they hear of someone who had an accident, we want to be the first top of mind. We, we want to be the person that, that they think of, because generally people want to want to. Um, people to have the good experience that they had, right? They want to kind of 
give that to someone else if they can. And I think people feel kind of like a hero in a certain, not to be cheesy, but kind of a hero of right. helping someone to, 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 to find a good, a good landing spot for a legal need or car mechanic, real estate agent, whatever it may be. I think we, we drive satisfaction. And that, you know, I think I'll probably get into this more, but just referrals, right? We have to, we have to, we, we want to, we want to always remind that we, we do want referrals, right? That's how we're built is on, on client referrals. We want to just, that's part of the culture here. It's woven into the fabric, built on referrals. We have signs in the waiting area of our, our office. It's in our drip email campaigns. It's in our letters to clients. So, you know, always reinforcing the message that, you know, we're here for you. And and even if not even it's not a person under case, you know yeah. we have a, we have newsletters that go out it, and we 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 say in there you know we're your trusted legal advisor right whether it be a divorce right criminal case anything um, if you have a legal need call us we want to be that hub right when a legal need strikes we want to be the person you think of because we have a great network right if your cousin um, needs an attorney right for some some matter we don't handle we've got a nice. Rolodex of attorneys we can connect. So we want to be that trusted legal advisor. So they always think of of us when they or someone in their orbit needs legal help. Well, and this goes back to what you were saying um, and the idea that you know, we, we just kind of brainstormed there about the sending out the anniversary card. If you do find out they're divorced, well, so sorry to hear that this is going on. But here's somebody that I can connect you with if you need right. some help. Um, right. And obviously that would be a little bit you know, cheesy um, to do it exactly that way. But if you are keeping regular tabs on somebody and they're genuinely telling you what's going on in their lives, you can say, oh, you know, sorry that your pipe exploded. Here's a great plumber that I know. Or, you know, sorry that your cousin is going through this divorce and she's ending up at your house. You know, I know somebody who might be able to help her out with that. And by keeping that constant flow of communication open and a genuine communication going, you'll know what needs that you're able to meet and how you're able to help provide them beyond their initial personal injury case. Um, and it, But it does start with that communication piece and that humanization piece where I can relate to you, I can help you, you can help me. And it's a true, genuine relationship yes. Yes. built on support. Two-way street, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so after the case closes, you mentioned the the email drip campaign. Um, you mentioned the, the birthday cards. Is there anything else that you do with your clients? Um, or I mean, we talked about referral partners a little bit. Um, what do you do to kind of keep in touch with them on an ongoing basis? So um, as it relates to, 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 to current or former clients, they all get a weekly email. I call it a weekly email email blast but it's not spammy it's actually you know, really well thought of the subject line we put great thought into we have a nice open rate somewhere in the mid low to mid 30s so people open it they generally don't unsubscribe we just try to um give a positive message i'll have a quote in there um maybe a book recommendation and a and a and a gentle reminder we we love your referrals thank you so much because we're perpetuating a culture of refer of receiving referrals right we, we never want to assume people that never i would encourage anyone listening to this never assume your clients know that you want referrals they may not even think you need referrals they may not even and it may not have, have entered their brain so you need to be i believe intentional and educate clients always never assume never assume that they know you want referrals educate them about that need so back to your question lindsay so basically, the, unless they unsubscribe, they get 52 emails. And I like to send it Thursday morning at 6.30 in the morning. Hopefully it's the first email top of their inbox. 
because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, people are kind of busy with with life, right? By third, it's not Friday. We're kind of already on the weekend, basically. So Thursday, I feel like is a good a good point that's worked well for us. And I also send out um, a, a a newsletter, right? I, I would call it a very high quality newsletter. It's not boring legal mumbo jumbo. It's at my family. My wife is my wife is named Rory, so we have Rory's recipe. We have just a bunch of content, not about the law, right? Now there's your now I've written a book about car accidents. We have an excerpt there maybe about car accidents or an excerpt about slip and falls. Always, always messaging and reminding those things that we do. And Lindsay, even if someone it doesn't become a client, if they raise their hand and they show interest, but they don't sign or we decline their case, we still put them into this, 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 um, this communication cycle. Right. And I, I think two people have called and say, I, I want off your newsletter. And that's fine. No problem at all. We take you off immediately. But that's the power of a CRM. That's the power of technology. Right. And I really encourage anyone, Lindsay, listening to this, always build out your list. Make sure you have nice software that you can segment people in your list. You can segment clients, attorneys. You can segment clients by type of case you handle for them, right? So we we send that's fifty eight that's fifty eight touches a year to the client. Fifty two emails uh, every other month newsletter, and we do for attorneys. I double down the emails I sent. So the uh, attorneys who are in my my network, right? I send them that same email that the clients get on Thursdays, but I send them an email on Tuesdays just for attorneys. I call it my weekly practice management tip that I sort of riff on what works, that I find success with the business, things I find to not work well with the business. And they also get that um, the, the paper newsletter in the mail, but additionally, they get a attorney newsletter in the mail every single month. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of direct mail, just constantly you know, showing up because and I just told the fellow attorneys yesterday, an attorney in my network is hearing from me like 130 times, literally 130 times or 124, something like that, 124, 130 times um, a year. So I'm trying to ratchet that number up on the client side because right. the attorney communication is pretty, pretty high, which is what I want. But there's that pressure. And so you don't want to just be, I don't want to just give out bad content. I really care about this and pump out good stuff. I, I, I write differently for lawyers, write differently for my clients, but I'm, I think it's time to probably get um, um, in contact with the former clients more. Maybe, maybe on um, fifty-two emails and six six newsletters could be maybe tweaked upon a little bit. And if the client refers a case, I always send. I say we got a referral from an existing client. Who's referred a bunch of cases? I'm going to send my handwritten card today, saying thank you so much for once again sending us a case. And I do it today, so he'll see the date. So he'll say he'll he'll see. I didn't wait a week. Right. right. Card, it was a priority for you. It was a priority. I really, and I, I keep saying this guy cards because it's like, again, we're, we're, we're fostering, we're, we're promoting that gratitude. We appreciate you. Yeah, I do. And just one final thing on that, Lindsay, people who refer by other clients generally are easy clients to deal with. They generally have a, at least a decent to, to possibly even a very good case. They're easier to, easier to work with, easier to handle than someone, maybe a call to call, right. Who just saw us online or, you know, a random, right. That is, I think, so important is to to really because I got to make sure this client refer that refer I got to make sure that former client refer that client to us today. Make sure they have an awesome experience because if not, yeah, yeah. he's going to look bad, and I I can't let that happen. You know. <laughs> no, absolutely, and uh, yeah, I'm sure that that relationship is so much easier to generate because there's that inherent trust 
factor that's already being transferred from your former client to your new relationship. Um, and that is something that you, you no amount of marketing, no amount of content um, can ever buy uh, is that, that warm lead where you already have that foundation built in. Uh, and so and you're working on getting referrals from former clients. You have referral partnerships um, within your legal network. How many of your, what percentage of your cases I should ask is coming from those referrals? Great question. Um, before I answer that, I can see that number keeps ticking up. The more we really dial in and focus on this, more sensitive we are to the need to really drive it, drive that, the higher it goes. I think it's around 10% right now, right? But that continues to go up with, with time. It's like this snowball that just, it grows, but you have to nurture it, you have to work on it, you can't, you can't neglect it. So right now it's about 10%. But, you know, that that didn't require any marketing dollars, right? That's that's right. a referral. So that's just like gold. And you were kind of alluding this to, you were alluding to this just a second ago. They come pre-sold, they're warm. They're, they're like, hey, I'm ready to sign, let's go. There's no sales required. You know, they're easy to convert. They kind of are just easier to deal with. So that's that's just like a perfect client. When I see a referral, it's like, it's, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. I love it, it's so important. Yeah, and there's something just so organic about that. Uh, and it's like, you feel like you know a piece of this person because you've already seen their friend um, and you know that there has to be something in common there. And I mean, in general, this is just a much more human approach to practicing not just law, but business in general. Um, and I know that there are a lot of lawyers out there who would like to have this kind of relationship. They would like to turn their law firm into something that is more of a uh, family experience, a friendly experience. Um, but so many lawyers struggle with that. Um, where do you think that struggle might be coming from and how can they overcome that? Well, I think if you're doing what everyone else is doing, you're your average. So I think sometimes we have to sort of go against the grain, be a little bit contrarian, right? I mean, a lot of the stuff that I do is is, is unorthodox because I really am hyper focused. It keeps me up and I thinking, how can I improve the client experience? I have a lot of peers, you know, who just neglect neglect clients and they take them for granted and their reviews just plummet, they go down, they get killed in those reviews. And I'm, I do everything I can. So, you know, just, I would encourage any attorney on here, you know, if you really care about growing a firm, I think it, it's, a, it's about culture, right? The culture, I, I have to kind of set the culture, right? This is the kind of firm that I'm trying to build. And then the team members that I bring on um, feel the same way. They, they subscribe to that culture, right? And that, in the way I treat my team members, the way they treat the clients. So this is a this is a cohesive culture of caring, of concern. Um, I would encourage anyone on the call to develop your core values. Your core values, kind of, put into words your culture, right? So, culture is kind of hard to define. It's a little bit amorphous and vague. But if you can reduce it to five or seven, no more than nine core values. Put that on your website. Put that in your in your reception area in your office, right? Just you know, just always be focused on the culture. I've seen lawyers, um, they're much further away. They're much more advanced in their, in, their, in their success than me. And I look at them, I say, okay, those guys and gals have strong cultures. Their team members are around for years and years, sometimes decades. Their clients refer, attorneys refer them because they're trusted, right? Build the culture and, and, and never let that be neglected. I think amazing things happen. And it's a constant effort every day, making it better. Keeping, you know, keeping that alive and, and flourishing, I think, is is a good idea. I think it's how, how you can really run and manage a great firm. 
No, I absolutely agree. And you can't expect for your team members to be treating your clients like you would want them to be treated if you're not actively treating your team members that way. You know, you won't need to make sure that your team members feel like family, that they feel like people, that they don't feel like they're being talked down to. Um, or 100%. And, and that energy will be, be passed on um, and it will be a very genuine relationship as to one that's kind of like fake smiles and bubbles. Um, 100%. But, yeah. and, and Lindsay, I think it's more important how I, how I treat my staff and how I treat my clients, right? Because I'm not going, I won't, I'm going out of business if, I don't, if my team just suddenly quit, right? That, that's that's yeah. not good. I need my team. So I put more focus on the team because they come to work every day, they bust their butt. So I'm focused, dialed in on how can I make this a better experience for you? How can I make this a satisfying experience? How can I make it so that you are excelling, that you are growing? Then I focus on the client, right? It's not all about the client. To me, it's about the team. Then, then, then that's how I think we get raving fans ultimately. That's fantastic. Well, Chris, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you telling us more about this raving fan concept and, uh, you know, and showing us a little bit more humanity and a great way to approach the practice of law. Um, and I know that there are a few videos out there that you've made, um, and we'll be sure to put links to those in there um, if listeners want to get some more information. But again, thank you so much for your time today.